Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Matthew chapter 25, if you have a copy of God's Word. Are you excited to be in church today? Are you grateful for the coffee that was outside? Let's have a little fun today. Matthew chapter 25. I've titled this message, The Mark of the Sheep. The mark of the sheep. How many of you grew up in a rapture-ready household? Anybody grew up in a, in a rapture-ready church household environment? I grew up in a rapture-ready house. When I say a rapture-ready, I mean, they, they scared the hell out of you. Do you know what I'm saying? Every single night before you went to bed, are you, are you right with the Lord, sir? Are you right with the Lord, young man? I mean, it was a, it was a, a rapture-ready household. I mean, they, they, they scared uh, you out of hell into heaven. Do you, does that make sense? We would read Left Behind, the, the book series, right before going to bed. If you've never picked that up, just read it to your kids right before they go to bed, you know. Clothes piled up on the floor and airplanes falling out of the sky. And <laughs> the good Lord coming for those that believe. And don't take the mark of the beast. A lot of times we hear the term mark of the beast, but that's not today's message. Today's message is called the mark of the sheep. And there's a big difference. I have a friend who's in on the front lines, and she's doing a lot of testing in, in their hospital for uh, COVID-19. And, and she's in the middle of America in a, in a rural country, uh, part of our, our, our country. And she said, Pastor, uh, I've been watching online, and I love the series. She says, as a matter of fact, people are rapture ready right here in my town. I said, how do you know? She says, for every 10 people that come to get tested, you know the little swab that they stick uh, up to your brain, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, she said, for every 10 people that come to get t- tested, six of them ask me to uh, analyze the front of the, of the tip to make sure that there's not a microchip being put into their nostrils. I said, oh, they rapture ready. They rapture ready for the mark of the beast, y'all. So if you're getting tested, just check the swab because you never know if they're putting a microchip in your nose, you know. Don't worry about no microchip. It's already in your phone and you carry that thing everywhere you go. So they're already following you around, all right. If they start putting things in your wrist and on your forehead, that's where you have to get worried. But your phone, uh, your phone already has a chip in it. So if you're worried, get yourself a flip phone, a burner phone. You can break every time you, you call somebody. My grandfather was a teacher on the book of Revelations. He, his name was Harold Mayo. My mom's father, he was a, he was a great Bible scholar. And he taught uh, for years the book of Revelation in the end times. And he, during Y2K, I can remember vividly as a child. Y'all remember Y2K? Okay, come on now. If we made it through Y2K, we're going to make it through 2020, all right? Uh, this was 20 years ago in January for those of the kids that, that were born uh, you know, later, later on than that. There was a moment where we thought everything was going to collapse, where the clocks, for some reason, were going to call, cause airplanes to fall out of the sky. And big debate there as to, you know, people were confident that the Lord was going to come back on, you know, January you know, 1, 2020. And uh, my grandfather had filled up so many bottles of water. I, I can remember going to his garage and there was just water. My grandmother, my grandfather has since passed, but my grandmother is still drinking water from the Y2K and she still has rice in buckets and, and, and canned goods from Y2K. And so that's the kind of context that I come from. I'm just trying to give you a, a background as to where your pastor comes from. I came from a household that believed that God is coming back, and he's going to come back in the blink of an eye for those that are ready. And so this series is not really about predicting when he's coming back, but it's actually about getting you ready for whenever he comes back. Because uh, no man knows the hour, but I do know the characteristics of the believers that are needed that he's coming back for. And he's actually going to come back uh, for a final judgment. 
judgment. And Jesus in Matthew 25 that we're going to read is speaking in parables. And he's, he's kind of laying out what's going to happen right before his crucifixion. The 25th chapter of Matthew is more towards the end of his, of his ministry career. He's about to be crucified. And since he's about to be crucified, he's letting everyone know, here is a clear pathway to know when I come back, when I return for all those who believe, this is who I'm coming back for. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in that camp. I want to be in that group. I don't want to go through anything that I don't have to go through. I don't want to have to survive any tribulation that I don't have to go through. I want to be raptured the first time he comes back. Hello? Y'all just want to sit through the tribulation for seven years? I don't want that. If this is anything like the tribulation, I got no desire I used to pray to God. I said, God, just, just wait till I get married, and then you could come back. And then once I got married, I said, God, just wait till I have my first child, and then you can come back. Now I'm like, God, you can come back anytime. Come back anytime right now. Now would be a great time. And so in Matthew 25, Jesus is speaking in parables. And if you know anything about parables, they grow on you over time. If you're a person of the word or someone that reads the word, you can read a parable in one season in your life and it could really illuminate a certain area. And then you read that same parable years later down the road as your lifestyle changes or as your discipleship journey grows. And what happens is the parable comes and it illuminates a different area. The, the way one scholar put it as I was doing my study is he said, parables are like pebbles in your shoe. You know, it's like, Eventually, you just got to recognize that there's something there, and you got you got to keep you got to keep trying to find it and get it out of your shoe because it will grow on you. It's like a drip of a faucet, you know. It's it's slowly slowly illuminating new rev, new revelation and new insight. And, and this this passage of scripture, uh, you know, it was read to me as a child, but it has been illuminated to me differently this week as I've been studying and and been diving deep into it. Matthew 25. It's like the squeaky spot in the floor. A parable is like, man, you always come past it, and it's like the Lord is saying something. And you realize that as Jesus speaks, he's going to speak to us today. Matthew 25, if you have a copy of God's word, if not, it'll be on the screen. Verse 31. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. Ooh, I cannot wait for that day. We don't have to decide who's in charge. There is no ballots. There's no mail-in ballots. There's no email. There's no pigeon carrier ballots. Jesus will establish his kingdom, and that will be the only kingdom that gets established. Is it okay if I preach to you today? All the nations will be gathered in his presence, which is very interesting. Just recently this week, um, our president brokered a relationship between uh, a Muslim country and a Jewish country, which is so uh, bizarre and very rare. It didn't get a lot of coverage, obviously, but he brokered a relationship that was very interesting. It's called the, the Abraham uh, Act. I think it's called the Abraham Act. You can Google it and find it. Just look at a, like a non-biased you know, news source. But it's very interesting how we brokered this relationship between nations that usually would not be gathered, and they gathered for the first time. And it's very interesting that, that that's happening in the spirit and in the natural. I'm not trying to get you down the long, dark path of conspiracy theorists or anything like that. I'm just telling you it did happen this week, and there was an interesting relationship brokered. You can Google it, Abraham Act or something like that, because Abraham, I don't want to get into this, but I'm going to, because Abraham is the father of all three religions that were represented in there. It was bringing nations together. There were Muslims, there were Jews, and there were Christians inside the meeting this week with President Trump. And all three of them, uh, all of them sourced their religion from Abraham, and so they called it the Abraham Act. And so when it says it's gathering nations together, I'm, I'm not saying that Jesus is coming back today. I'm just telling you we're closer than we've ever been. 
And it's very interesting, the signs of the times that the nations are being gathered and that relationships are being brokered. It's very important that we look to see what's happening. We don't let culture mandate our lifestyle, but we do look we do look to see if there are signs of the times, and I'm ready for him to come back anyways. I don't know about you, but he can come back today. He can come back today, not before the offering. Come back after the offering so that those that don't make it can have some money to, to you know, cover the air conditioning bill and things like that. I won't be here, so it don't matter. Take all my money. All the nations will be gathered in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. You want to be in this line? For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. He laid out a clear path on how to be on the right side of eternity. Clothe the naked, feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty, welcome the stranger into your home, visit the prisoner, be hospitable, and be ready to be on the right side. I don't know about you, but I love that Jesus gives us a clear pathway with very specific action items. It wasn't just like a, oh, it is what it is. You'll have to see if you make it. We have a very clear indicator of what the fruit is of someone on the right side in the line. Does this make sense? Then the king will turn to those on his left, and this is what he will say. This is Jesus speaking. Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger and you didn't invite me into your home. And I was naked and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison and you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. You refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters. When you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. Verse 46, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. I want to be a sheep. I want to be on the right side. Let's pray. Father, we need the mark of the sheep, not the mark of the beast. We need to be fruitful while we're here on earth so that when you do come for your final judgment, after you awaken us from our sleep, that you would tell us that we have inherited the kingdom that you have prepared for us. Get us ready. We need to be ready. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. I was at the airport this week several times, and uh, obviously there are um, a new set of rules, and uh, 99.999% of people follow those rules. Um, but there's always one. You know, there's, you know what I'm talking about? You probably are that one, so let me preach to you for a second. There was a a gentleman in the security line who refused to uh, 
cover his face. I'm not trying to get political. This is what he said. He said, I'm not doing it. I said, bro, there are some hills that are worth dying on. I don't know. They, I don't know if you need to get home, then put the thing on your face, you know, whatever. And he said, I'm not putting that thing on. I said, okay, here we go. I pulled out my phone, get ready, get my camera ready, you know. You never know <laughs> when it's going to go down, you know what I'm saying? It got a little intense. The security guy, sir, you have to, you know, you have to cover your face. You have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. I'm like, man, why is he arguing so much? I mean, it's like, just either do it or don't. I mean, like, don't fly, you know, you, whatever. And here's what he yells at the final, at the end of it. He yells to all of us that were staring at him. Everyone's like, oh, man. You know, it didn't get too heated, but it got heated enough to where he goes, all y'all are sheeple. I'm like, sheeple? He said, y'all are sheeple. I said, excuse me? So I had to Google sheeple. I'm in line waiting and looking at, looking at these terms, Urban Dictionary, you know. And it's like uh, sheeple means that you are a follower that, let, that has been led astray, you know, or whatever. And you brainwashed or whatnot. You know, you can go down a long line of conspiracy theorists during this time. It's fun. Have a good time. And uh, he called me a sheeple. And, and uh, you know, whatever. I, I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, well, my Bible says the Lord is my shepherd. And so if I am a sheeple, I know who my shepherd is. Oh, I'm preaching now. And so he thought that I was conforming to this world's government, but I was actually in line with the Lord's kingdom. So yes, sir, you're right. I am a sheeple. Call me a sheeple all day, but I'm not following the shepherd you think I'm following. I'm following the great shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. He guides me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if you're going to call me a sheeple, you need to know who my shepherd is. And the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So you're right. Yeah, I am a sheeple. I am. But I'm not conforming to the, to the ways of this world. I am submitted to the ways of the kingdom of God. Because I don't want to be caught in the line of goats. I want to be caught in the line with sheep. There are two lines. Picture with me a very long line at the final judgment in Matthew 25, and he says, I'm going to do the separating. I watched a video during my research for this sermon on uh, a shepherd on a countryside separating sheep from goats, and he had one sound for the goats and one sound for the sheep. He'd, be, he'd go, murk, 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 and the sheep would go to the right side, and he'd go, murk, 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 something else, like, I don't know what it was, and the goats would go to the left. They recognized that the shepherd did his job at separating the sheep from the goats. You're going to be surprised who's in the goat line. There will be people that have Jesus fish on the back of their car in the goat line. There will be people who, 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 who you least expected in the goat line. 
My goal by the end of today is that we would all at least have heard the message that there will be separation so that at least my job today is to get us all on the right side, on the sheep side. I am here, my mandate for you today is to ensure, first of all, that if you're on the goat side, you make your way to the sheep side before it's too late. And my goal today is if you are already confident that you're on the sheep side, that you would get so passionate about seeing the goats in your life come to the other side. Because here's the deal. When the judgment comes, it will not matter who we voted for. When the judgment comes, there will not be Republican or Democrat. When the judgment comes, there will be no, no this, no that. There will be no right side or left side. There, and when the judgment comes, there will be no CNN and no Fox. I'm preaching now. Somebody doesn't like it, but that's okay. When the judgment comes, there will only be two types of people, the obedient and the disobedient. It doesn't matter how you vote. It doesn't matter any, any other way. It will be, have you been obedient to God or not? There's only two choices, obedient or disobedient. And so we got to jump over the hurdles that we currently have in this day and time and look through our eternal lenses and say, will that person make it to heaven or not? It's eternity that is at stake. And the Lord is my shepherd, and I will be a sheeple. (laughs) Call me a sheeple all day because I would hate to be a goat. Goats do not make it into heaven. It says that they have eternal punishment. That is a dangerous life to live. It's a dangerous life to live to be on the wrong side, to be on the wrong side. I thought, man, if I, don't ha- if I have the right shepherd, I don't mind being called a sheep. So there are three things that we need to look at in this parable. If you're taking notes today, the first thing that we need to look at is the sovereignty of the Savior. The sovereignty of the Savior. It says in verse 31 that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. He is a sovereign God. He knows the end from the beginning. He is a just God. He understands how to ensure that eternal life is properly judged. It's not our job to determine who are the sheep and who are the goats. That's his job. He's a sovereign Lord. It's only my job to let you know that there will be two options. There will be two long, long lines. And if you're, if you're caught in the sheep line, this will be the last time you ever have to wait in line. <laughs> have you been to Starbucks lately? Chick-fil-A? It's terrible. Waiting in line is terrible. So when the final judgment comes, this will be the last time that you ever have to wait in line. Because after you're entered into his kingdom, boy, there ain't no lines in heaven. You can, you can just show up and automatically at Chipotle, poof, right there in front of you. Oh, you don't like Chipotle? Tropical Smoothie Cafe, poof, right there. I'm asking the Lord to provide a Tropical Smoothie Cafe in Nightdale, where I live. I literally looked up the franchise fee this week. I'm like, man, what would it take, you know, to invest into it? Because I had to go all the way across town to go to Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I can't be healthy if I don't have Tropical Smoothie Cafe around, you know. I have to choose Chick-fil-A, which is closer. If you're in the goat line, you want to get to the back of that line at the final judgment because you want to stay in that line as long as you can because at the end of that line is an eternal punishment that I wish for nobody at the sound of my voice. And so if you're on the sheep line, that'll be the last time you ever have to wait. If you're in the goat line, just keep keep letting people go in front of you because once you're on the other side, it's eternal punishment, eternal fire is what the Bible says. So the sovereignty of God, he is going to establish his kingdom 
amongst us. And the Son of Man will come in all his glory. There will be no more debates when he establishes his kingdom. Can you imagine no more debates? There will be no division. There will only be one king. His name is Jesus, and he will establish his rule here on earth, and he will do the separating himself. There will not be one side or the other. Can you imagine a life without one side or the other? You can't. But when he comes, there will, there will not be a debate. He will be the king. He will be the, the reigning rule. It will not matter who the president is. It will not matter who the vice president is. It will not matter any, any type of divisive thing that has been in your life lately. It will not matter. Christ's kingdom will establish a brand new paradigm, a brand new perspective when he comes, and he will establish his throne. There will be no more contradictions. We will have global clarity. We will know, we will know that, that there will be no single debate as to who's in charge. There will be no election. Hello? There will be no election when Christ establishes his kingdom. He will reign. He will be the reign. As a matter of fact, there will be no more contradictions in our political system. He will have fixed all of those things. He will fix the fact that you can kill a baby but can't kill a bald eagle. He will fix those contradictions. Oh, I'm preaching now. Nobody likes this kind of preaching. But he will establish a new paradigm to where everything makes sense. And it will only be two things. Were you obedient or were you disobedient? It will have nothing to do with the things that we spend our days reading about in the comment section. Nothing to do with that. It will only have to do with our eternal destiny, obedience or disobedience, period. End of story. There will be no more contradictions. There will be no more ballots. He will establish your kingdom. God, establish your kingdom now. We need it this year right now. Come quickly. This is what Spurgeon said about the sovereignty of God. He says, it is a sweet pillow that you can lay your head on at night. When God becomes in charge, when, he, when Christ establishes his kingdom, you're going to be able to sleep nice and easy. I know right now it's hard to sleep, but when Christ comes, you're going to be able to sleep good, especially if you're in the right line. And it's a beautiful truth, not only that God is in control over all, but is also working everything out, the good and the bad, for your good, for his glory. This sweet doctrine is medicine for the soul that you can take in any season of life. You need the sovereignty of God. When Christ comes, his sovereign rule will reign. And that's something to look forward to, is the sovereignty of our Savior. The next thing is this, that will happen is the separation of the saints. The separation of the saints. The first thing is the sovereignty of our Savior. Y'all like my alliteration game? I figured it was on point this week. The separation of the saints. The separation of the saints. He will separate the people as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. We better be ready to be sheep. I've been looking at the, two dif the differences between sheep and goats, and there's a couple different ones that I think are very applicable to our lives. First of all, sheep get sheared because they provide resources for other people. Their wool becomes clothing for others. So if you are looking to know whether you're a sheep or a goat, I would ask you to audit your resourcefulness to others in this world. Are you providing things for other people? When, when Christ uses you as he should use every believer, are you providing external resources for those that are in need? Are you feeding the hungry? Are you clothing the naked? Are you giving drink to those that are thirsty? Are you visiting the prisoner? Are you welcoming the stranger? Sheep, when sheared, actually, that that doesn't die. That wool regenerates itself into something else. And so I'm asking that when you are used by God, when God comes and brings you to, to the clippers, you know what I'm talking about? When he, when he 
pulls uh, out of you your gift, are you resourcing other people or are you saving uh, your gift for yourself? See, no one wears uh, goats. Goats don't get sheared, you know? There's like a few things that goats can do, but, but you know the wool that comes from the sheep is the most resourceful. The goat is not very resourceful. And so if you're not being used by God right now, you better audit your resourcefulness. Hello, can I preach to someone today? You need to make sure that when the shears come that you're providing a resource for other people. What does that mean? That means that if you can sing, boy, we need you on this worship team. <laughs> if you can greet, we need your smiling face. Uh, behind a mask in, in, the, in, the, in the lobby. We would love to have your smiling face. It means if you can be um, in eagle eye, we need you on the safety team. Why? Because I want you to be resourceful. I want you to be like a, like, a, like a sheep. I want you to actually give from what God has given to you. What I realize about, about goats is goats are mean. Goats grow horns. Sheep don't have horns. How many of you, how many of you if you feel the top of your head and you feel you're mean? You're a goat. If you have horns, you're a goat. I was watching videos of these mean goats ramming people in the head, you know? Like, that's, that's mean. If you, if you have a, 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 a meanness about you, if you have anger issues, you better watch out. You might be a goat. If you feel bumps on the top of your head, you're growing horns, you better be careful. You might be in the goat line. You might be a goat digger. You know what I'm saying? That's my one dad joke of the day. I reached the limit. Please don't say that again, Pastor. Okay. Sheep, sheep don't have horns. I actually uh, was doing some research, and it says that uh, sheep walk with their tail down, but goats walk with their tail up. And I'll let you predict and do the math and kind of imagine for yourself which one would be better, someone with their tail up, hello, or someone with their tail down, Hello? If you're having to tiptoe and clean up after somebody, you're following a goat because they're walking around with their tail up. Hello? If you're stepping in stuff, you're following the wrong person. If you're stepping in stuff and you're having to clean up for people, if you're, if you're constantly having to apologize on behalf of people that you surround yourself with, you're probably following someone that lives their life with their tail up. So you need to find yourself a circle of friends that live their life with their tail down. I'm preaching because I don't want you following no goats. I don't want you to be in the line with the goats. I want you to be a sheeple following the great shepherd. Another thing that sheep do is sheep uh, bow their heads to eat in the grass, which is a sign of humility to bow your head. My grandfather was always like, don't look at me in the eye. <laughs> he was just trying to establish a generational honor. You know, he's like, when you come, when you come to my house, look down on the ground. Yes, 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 grandfather. So he told me, he said, when you come into my house, come look down. Okay, yes, yes, yes. But goats, they like to eat off the bushes with their head up, which is a symbol of pride and a symbol of selfishness. And so I would encourage you, I would encourage you to find humility in this season, to walk humbly and to walk humbly so that you are not a goat. The goat has their head up, but the sheep has their head down. It's very interesting that goats thrive on painfully inflicting pain on others, but sheep tend to not be as angry. They provide resources to others. Are you all with me today? Am I helping you? There will be two parties, real folk and religious folk. And I uh, just want you to be very careful. 
The last and final thing, we have the sovereignty of the Savior, the separation of the saints, and I'm closing so, John, you can come. We need the substance of our service, the substance of our service. And the king will say, verse 40, and the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The way that I put it in my notes is the way that I love the least, the way that I love the least is the way that I love the Lord. The way that I love the least is the way that I love the Lord. And so if I were to audit your relationship with the least, I could probably get indicators of your relationship with the Lord. Have you opened up your home to a stranger lately? Probably not because of quarantine. But once it lifts, would you be willing to open up your home to a stranger? Would you be willing to visit someone in prison? Would you be willing to give food to the hungry? Would you be willing to clothe the naked and to give drink to the thirsty? Jesus laid it out so clearly that we need substance, that there needs to be a substance, that there needs to be depth to our walk with the Lord. And it, it was so clear to me how Jesus laid it out. Feed, serve, visit, be hospitable. That's what I love about this church because I feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I feel like I'm preaching to those that already live it out. I feel like I'm preaching to a long line of sheep, and I'm so grateful for that. And as we go into next week when I share the state of the church address and I challenge us as a church to really, really love the world and really love those that might be on the wrong line, I would encourage you to open up your heart to creative ways to serve in the church and outside of the church. If you're new here and you haven't joined a team, man, we are, we are you know, in college football, when, when a team is really bad for, for a year, they call it the rebuilding year. Have you ever heard that? The Panthers are in like a rebuilding decade, but, um, you know, they call it a rebuilding year. That's kind of where the church is at right now. We're, we're in a rebuilding season. I, I was talking to my wife uh, this past week, and I was like, how many vocalists you got? And she's like, it's just me. And I'm like, man, if this doesn't remind you of the beginning, eight years ago when we started this thing, then I don't know what would. And so we need service, service to the local church. And if you can't sing, we don't want you to sing. <laughs> but if you can, we'd love to have you. Go to focus.church slash worship or igettoserve.com is has a little form where you can fill it out and you could sign up to serve. And our kids' ministry is barely, barely making it right now with volunteers. It's just hard. And I understand. I understand the concerns of having children around and those that are at risk. I understand the concerns. But at the end of the day, we got to feed the hungry. We have to clothe the naked. We have to give water to those that are thirsty. We have to be hospitable to our guests. We have to make sure that everything that we do is in alignment with the characteristics of the sheep because we have a sovereign Savior, which is God, and He's going to establish His kingdom. We will be separated as saints. We need to be ready for that. And we will be separated by the substance of our service. So though grace is free, there are, there are action items associated with that grace. Clothe the naked, feed the hungry, give water to the thirsty. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired. Are you tired? I've been tired this season. 
you know, I feel like I haven't stopped doing my job and it's gotten harder and the results are even less. It's like I'm sweating more than I've ever sweated, not because I have a fever, but because the workload has increased. We're having to reach multiple audiences now. Now you, you, can, you can watch our church from Mars. I mean, we're having to work really hard. Satellite connection, outside, inside, online, Apex campus. I mean, so much work. And yet, as you can see, the return is less than what we had previously. And I don't want to get into too much because I'll get into a lot of it next week. But I just want to encourage you to pray this week about maybe where to serve so that we could be found on the right line. And if you're comfortable, if you're not comfortable and you're not ready to return to church or if you're watching online and you're not ready, I'm, that's okay. I'm, I ain't mad at you. I ain't mad at you. I'm just trying to make sure that you get to a place where you are serving in the local church and serving the kingdom of God. And uh, I believe that that's going to happen. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, at the sound of my voice, there's bound to be someone whose eternal destiny is not on the right side of eternity. And I just want to pray for them. So right now, would you move in their hearts? Right now, would you pour out your spirit? Right now, would you make it known and make it plain to those that might be in the goat line? that They can come over to the sheep side because you are our great shepherd. If that's you today and your head is bowed and your eyes are closed all over this room, everyone at the sound of my voice, and you say, Pastor Mike, I don't know which line I'm in. I don't know my eternal destiny. Well, I would tell you this. Everyone lives forever somewhere. I'm going to say it one more time. Everyone lives forever somewhere. And it's my job today to ensure that you're on the right side of eternity. If you say, I wouldn't know, I don't know what, I don't know what that looks like, I don't know, I don't know what that, that entails, if that's you and you're here or maybe you're watching online, I want to give you an opportunity to come to the sheep side, the side where our eternal kingdom is an inheritance and it is not punishment. I want you to live on the right side of eternity that's you today, would you just shoot your hand up in the air really quickly, and I just want to pray for you. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anybody else, just shoot your hand up. Just shoot your hand up. Praise God. Whoo, that blessed my soul. That made this whole thing worth it right here. Praise God. Lord, I pray right now for my brothers and sisters that just raised their hands and those that might be responding online. I thank you. I thank you that heaven is now more populated today. Oh, that blessed my soul. Thank you, God, because I know you're celebrating in heaven the decisions that were just made in this room and online, and I just pray right now you would pour out your spirit upon us, Lord. Thank you for populating heaven today. For the sake of those that just raised their hand, even if you are a believer and you already know where you're going to be, would you, everyone in this room and everyone watching online, would you just repeat after me? Would you say, Father God, I give my life to you. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on a cross. Forgive me of my sins. I repent. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's clap our hands. Heaven is more populated today. Come on, somebody. 
again for joining us, and thank you to those who give generously to make the ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.